0: Cavaliers on the road, third game of a road trip um, after they win the first two, obviously, um, and a game you know where a loss that doesn't really upset me as much. Most of the losses this year have been really self-inflicted wounds or tough losses at the end where we blow it or where we get blown out um, to a good team. But uh, this one didn't really have that type of feel, and it was a game I think I think the final score isn't really isn't really indicative right of what of how the game went it was a back and forth contest um obviously the biggest story anthony davis who played 8 minutes and you could tell he just wasn't right i think he missed two free throws in a row which i'm not sure has happened this season he's shooting like 80 something percent at the line um but you could tell anthony davis wasn't right and so he goes out with flu like system flu like symptoms after like i said 8 8 minutes uh, i believe they said he had a fever uh last he had a fever yesterday so um, they were kind of going to test how he felt, and it was obvious he just wasn't—he just wasn't um, in the state to to be playing. And you know, those he only played eight minutes, and that might have been his biggest uh, defensive player of the year, the um, defensive player of the year case, uh, because man, did the Lakers struggle when he went out. But I want to start kind of this team competed uh all night and when you're what are we 10 and 13 now you obviously don't have any room for moral victories or um you know things of that nature uh but you could tell this team is on some upward ascension it's on some upward linear kind of uh curve here and linear line and tonight was another case of it I think not to continue to compare because I just think last year's team was such a such an awful kind of team to compare anyone to in terms of their competitive spirit and just roster makeup and the injuries that kind of surrounded them. But last year's team gets blown by, blown out by 30 uh, tonight in Cleveland. I mean, the, the Cavs went up, you know, double digits a few times. I think they went up nine a few times. And, you know, the team just battled back. They crawled back. Um, you could see guys start to get in rhythm now, start to understand where shots come from. And I think, you know, that was the biggest thing I took from this game this team is going to compete could have easily just lay down tonight best player goes out in the first quarter goes out with the flu uh with flu-like symptoms could have easily just you know laid back and and allowed this game to kind of get away from them Jared Allen 21 points in that first half dominating and again just a terrible matchup when you have Thomas Bryan and I don't think Damian Jones saw the floor um until the second half but uh just you know a terrible matchup two guards who come off a bajillion screener rolls and you have to take away something uh, with our drop coverage. And, and obviously Jared Allen, uh, Jared Allen really got cut all his baskets that way. I think he hit like two mid range jumpers as well. That felt like four points instead of two uh, just by the situation. And he was a tough cover, but you know, I, I think, you know, just this team competing uh, obviously the win in Milwaukee and then beating a uh, uh, undermanned Washington without Bradley Beal Um, I still think four and two on this road trip would have been just a win for me, even with the first two wins. And uh, they can still achieve that. You know, you split the Toronto-Philly game and you have Detroit on the back end. Uh, So this loss doesn't sting as much in that case. You did want to continue to climb up the standings when you start two and ten. It's, again, no loss is nice. There's no margin for error on the season. But, you know, you win in Milwaukee kind of gives you um, a little bit more breathing room. And I think this team is, is fighting, and it's building. You could tell the players are starting to understand their roles. I think Darvin Hamm has really kind of found this sweet spot. I think we found a second unit that makes sense. I think they have a play style, you know, that makes sense. And, you know, even with AD out, you kind of saw uh, – we saw Thomas Bryant fill into it. Um, Damian Jones, obviously, I think he's, he had his best stint as a Laker, and I'll get a little bit into that later. But just a team fighting against a really good, really good Cleveland team. Cleveland is 10-1 at home, 11-1 uh, now after after this win. And they are just an incredibly tough cover. I think you saw tonight why when they have their full slate of guys healthy, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, uh, all those guys make it really tough. Um, and then obviously those guards just attacking everywhere. And Donovan Mitchell does what stu- superstars do. Um, he, he came out and took over in the fourth. The Lakers had no matchup for him, and honestly there's not a lot of teams that have a good matchup for Donovan Mitchell. He's going to score uh, and score at will against a lot of teams, but 43 points, 17 for 27, 4 of 8 on threes, and I didn't think he got any easy threes, or even easy buckets a lot of the times. I mean, they were, his array of shot-making is incredible to watch on the other end. Um, you saw his, like, Euro step to floaters, and, you know, just going around all our big men. It was, uh, he's a he's a star, and he's a he's a really tough cover, and you pair that with Darius Garland and I think you know our Achilles heel or just our biggest kind of uh kryptonite is guards who can shoot off the dribble that's like our biggest um the the thing we struggle with the most is guards who can kind of attack and and pull up and I think those two guys fit that I think they hit like six mid-range pull-ups early on especially when that coverage started the week um after you know Jared Allen got like eight dunks and that's basically because we you know, we're in a drop back coverage and we're so afraid and fearful, rightfully, of those guards kind of pulling up. And Jared Allen's able to get all those dump off passes. He has all those floaters in the lane. Uh, he only scored three points in the second half. Again, a lot of that is because Donovan Mitchell just uh, went nuts. Um, but the team fought and competed. And I, and I said, you know, this team had no business being in this game. The Cavs are a legit, really good, solid team. They've struggled a little bit without Jared Allen, but that's a legit Eastern Conference Team. They're not you know, in the Milwaukee or, or Boston tier in terms of their elite talent or, or where they're at in terms of their development, but they're an extremely you know, talented basketball team with, with two guards, maybe the best backcourt um, in the Eastern Conference, and uh, they're a tough cover, and the, the Lakers fought all night. This game was close throughout. AD went out, obviously, in the first quarter. It wasn't himself, really, so I don't really count even him really being out there. Uh, He went to the line three times. One, I believe, was a technical. um, Didn't really register a shot at all, three rebounds. So uh, this was really a game without Anthony Davis, without their best player, without their rim protector. And this team was already really short on playable centers. Thomas Bryant, Wendy Gabriel were getting, you know, uh, the backup quote-unquote minutes, and and they weren't playing a ton. Uh, And for the team to kind of fight, and again, I'm not saying it's a moral victory. It's still a tough loss. It still goes in the standings as an L um but I think the fight and the you know ability to kind of stay with a good team without your best player, I think that showed you know a lot, and it's not like LeBron had a ridiculous game either twenty one points did have seventeen rebounds uh you could tell he really picked up the slack uh in in that regard, but you know didn't have an awesome offensive game. they obviously sent doubles to him uh but you know just to stay in this one I think means a lot, and it kind of i think embodies where the team is going. I think you could tell obviously that indiana loss burns but you know if you take just that one out the 8 of 10 um obviously that indiana loss being in there but you could tell the team's kind of finding stuff and and building and and realizing kind of what they're supposed to do um and what lineups work and obviously the trades will continue to to circle um the trade vultures will continue to circle around the team and try to you know and and try to mix it up but i i think this team is finding uh, finding sweet spots, you know, in the game and, and lineups that are starting to build rhythm. And uh, my first, you know, no Dennis Schroeder. I think you you saw kind of uh, his game open up, um, obviously with more of offensive responsibility. But you could tell his like he's such a rhythm on ball player. Like I think that kind of gets lost in it. I don't think Dennis Schroeder's a guy that gets going by taking catch and shoot threes, right? Um, he was six for thirteen. His his plus minus wasn't great, minus thirteen. But I thought he gave the team a big lift. I mean, there were big points of the game where Cleveland was gonna run away from it and he just drives on Allen, gets into his body, and hits a flip reverse or um, drives to the rim, gets a, you know, under underhand layup just to kind of keep our offense flowing. And you can see his like wiggle and shake and uh, his first step is starting to come back a little bit. Again, one for six from three. There's no game I want Dennis Shooter taking six threes. That's just that's should likely never happen, But again, you have no Anthony Davis. These shots have to come from somewhere. Um, and, you know, obviously Patrick Beverly got one for five from three. But Dennis Schroder, and I think his passing has really kind of picked up. He had no assist tonight, which I don't think was really indicative of how he was kind of moving the basketball. Um, he had no assist, three turnovers. Uh, but I thought, you know, his kind of ability to kind of attack closeouts. And you're seeing him kind of step up. And he was the best defender, honestly, I think, on Garland and Mitchell a lot of the time. And Dennis Schroeder, there's a a limitation of what he can do on those type of guards, right? I mean, they are – those type of guards are – you know, they're never going to stay quiet all night. All you can do is make them work. Those are all-star – that's an all-star backcourt. Um, But I thought he was the best at uh, his screen navigation and staying attached and not going for fakes. Um, You make Donovan Mitchell take 27 shots and only – uh, he got to the line five times, and I think a lot of that was in that fourth quarter. But for the most part, I mean, you make Donovan Mitchell, take 27 shots, and you don't put him to the free throw line. You kind of, like, you do your job, and he's such a offensive talent that he's going to make a lot of those shots, because uh, he's just a, a superstar in his own right. But uh, I thought we made him work for the most part. Uh, that fourth quarter, his the screening um, kind of took over, and uh, we couldn't get back into it, and we went really small. Uh, I think LeBron went to power forward Thomas Bryan at center with three guards and Mitchell just found a lane where he can kind of get cooking but I thought Schroeder uh, did a nice job kind of finding his rhythm and we're still just way too small to start these games I mean Schroeder and Patrick Beverly in the backcourt uh, I just don't understand it I think you know I think Darvin Ham has a there's a method to the madness I believe I, th- I think number one it's to keep that second unit that is humming uh, together and to kind of put our best defensive guards to start i just think it handicaps us and i mean i think cleveland started it was 10 to 2 i believe to start and that's been a theme i think the wizards also went up like 18 to 10 or, or something like that we're starting these games so handicapped um and i think like we're not at the talent level to not start our best players um but uh but it's you know it's what's working in terms of the team is finding a rhythm within that uh again they just some of these guys just have to hit open threes. I mean, Patrick Beverly, I tweeted out, I think he's like 11 for 54 on the season on catch and shoot threes, which is about 21%. And again, these are open to wide open threes. The, you know, the NBA.com kind of classifies these shots as the, the defender four to six plus feet away. Right. So these are open to wide open threes. Patrick Beverly isn't being told to create his own shots. These are set shots that, you know, he practices. I mean, he's a, not a great shooter but he should be like hovering around that 37 38 percent range um and he's way below that and it's really just it it kills our margins in that starting lineup especially with uh when you start him next to Dennis shooter. and it's not you know his fault it's just these shots aren't falling so um uh, and I don't believe he played a minute in the fourth quarter uh, I think that kind of told you uh <laughs> where the game was going but like where I guess the The ratio is of what he brings defensively, which I still think like when Patrick Beverly's on the floor, he's almost our wing defender, which, again, I don't think you get the positives of Patrick Beverly on defense when he's your wing defender. And then he's not hitting shots. So you double that and you see why his minutes are starting to deteriorate a little bit. Twenty one minutes overall tonight. Again, I don't believe he played um, in that fourth quarter. Darvin Ham has kind of gone away from him. Kendrick Nunn played three minutes. Before that garbage time, three minutes, and it's just a survival mode. (laughs) So there's not a lot of options. I I, Austin, who had a bad game, I think you know I would like him to start, but I think the team's again starting to find uh, a little rhythm to to where where guys should play. And Thomas Bryant, I believe, kind of saved a lot of this ball game. Uh, Came in in that second quarter, his best game as a Laker. I think 19 points, nine rebounds. Jared Allen was punking a lot of our, you know, our team for the most of this game. And I thought Thomas Bryant came in and just changed the energy. Uh, He's not going to be a good defensive big. And again, a a drop coverage against these type of guards is putting Thomas Bryant in hell, for lack of better term. I mean, it's not fair to put him in that position. But I I get it. We're not going to start switching uh, because I think that opens up a lot of other, you know, a lot of other stuff that you don't don't really want to... put the team in. Uh, so they stayed in their traditional kind of drop coverage. And but I thought his energy on the offensive rebounds, I mean, he tapped a lot of basketballs. Uh, he had four off. He had five offensive rebounds. Uh, a lot of that kind of getting us extra shots, getting, you know, a tap out to a, a guy gets fouled and it kept us in the game. And we'll see how he can, you know, respond tomorrow in Toronto. We'll see if AD can play uh, if he'll be, you know, over the flu like symptoms, but Thomas Bryant just starting to get back to closer to what he was, I think, you know, before the injuries really shaped his uh, shape where he at, is at now in his career as this backup kind of minimum center. And I think the jumper went down if you uh, one time uh, he hit a three, eight for 12 from the field um, and he took four threes. So if you take those kind of out, if I can do math here is what seven for nine on seven for eight on twos. Um, so it's so just, just a fantastic Uh, ball game and i think his toughness and his motor and his energy kind of encapsulates like where the team is at didn't quit tonight and again these are moral type victories that you don't really want to speak about on a lebron and ad team but i think they're important i think a team that was two and ten um that's a fragile basketball team and i think we're at a lot stronger place not just on the basketball floor but mentally as well i think this team kind of has found a rhythm and a place where they don't really quit on games and i think that that's something that can seep in. I think we saw that a lot last year and his, you know, his play um, was great as, you know, and we're going to need, we're going to need whoever we can get contributing at, at the center spot if 80's out, but his kind of play as that rolling center and him and Russ have just, uh have found some synergy together. I was, and those two together have really kind of created this energy in the, in the second unit that, that kept us in games. And Russell Westbrook, again, I thought, that second unit stretch he's found like a place where he should attack and there's still some bad shots mixed in there. There's still some like mid range pull up shots that I would like out of the shot diet, but that's kind of what you're going to get with Russ. Um, But 16 points, uh, four or five from the free throw line, um, three assists to four turnovers. That's not really what you want to see, but you know, out, you can tell he kind of felt this burden to kind of carry more of the offensive load, which is, which is fair, which is, which is true um but again i think he's found a he's found a place as well in that second unit uh in those second quarter third quarter lineups where it's just him running running lineups um and i thought he played you know he he played well uh i still don't really like how the closing lineup kind of fits out i think we're still seeing the clunkiness of when it's him lebron and especially dennis schroeder um have a play kind of outlined in my notes here uh we were having russ on the right side of the floor. So this is, and again, Darvin Ham doesn't have a lot of options. I'm not blaming him. This is just kind of the, what happens in basketball when you have two guys who are non-shooters that need the basketball. And then you have LeBron James as well on the floor. Um, Again, late game offense, not blaming any of these players, but you know, Russ is making a post entry to LeBron. I think Russ's man is, I don't know if it's, if it's, uh, if it's Osman or I forgot who it is, but you know, right. When Russ throws that post entry, they double one pass away which is you know it's supposed to be a cardinal sin but obviously you want the ball kind of back in russ's hands uh so they know he throws another post entry to lebron they double right off the catch and russ dives this time he dies but then he kicks it out and it's like kicking out to dennis Schroder in the corner for a three and that's like our late game offense and again 80 is not on there austin i think was on the floor as well but Again, like I think that's just the clunkiness uh, of the game, and that's stuff that like when you're when we're becoming a better and better team, those margins matter more and more, right? Because now you're these wins are starting to go, and you're starting to you know find rhythms. And this was a winnable game, honestly, throughout. Obviously, Donovan Donovan Mitchell took over at the end, but I think the team is starting to find stuff, and that's kind of the last these last two kind of the starter the, the starters and the and the closing lineup is still so clunky and still just not. Uh, Just not fitting uh, properly, even when, you know, AD was out there. I still think our our closing and starting lineups are something that we have to tinker with. I think we found good second units and, you know, Wendy Gabriel is ruled out for a week now uh, with shoulder soreness. Not sure when he hurt that, but that dude is a bruiser. So I totally believe that something happened to his shoulder. But those uh, closing and uh, starting lineups are still... Something we need to figure out how to create, you know, good offense um, where it doesn't just have to be LeBron hitting jump shots or AD hitting jump shots to kind of win uh, those type of lineups because they'll just still negative even with the team winning and going eight and two, um, those starting kind of units. And I get Darvin Ham's kind of thinking there, but uh, I, I think that's something we need to figure out. Um, and then, you know, Damian Jones, his best shift as a Laker, it, it sucks to have a seven. I don't know if he's seven foot. I think he's seven foot. It sucks to have a seven footer on the on the roster that we just feel is unplayable 'cause that this team just desperately needs more big dudes who can jump with some semblance and understand like how to roll. Like that's just such a low bar, but it's something that this team desperately needs. We have AD playing a full time at center. It'd be nice to just have another guy coming off the bench and this is Damon Jones' best shift as a as a Laker. I think, well, his, he was better in that 10-day shift a couple years ago. But this is his best shift as a Laker this season. I think defensively, like, that got him going. Uh, there was a play. Jared Allen was killing us, like I talked about earlier on that, uh, in that drop coverage because we had LeBron kind of playing that. They had a – LeBron was kind of, I think, covering Jared Allen or or he was the help guy. But they'd bring his man up as the screener, and then, like, he – it was his kind of responsibility to kind of take away that lob, and they were throwing that right over the top. And Damon Jones, um, I think, like, two or three straight possessions was able to kind of tap it, get the ball out, uh, and take away take away the lob while still being in position to kind of guard the ball handler. And uh, I'm not sure how much he's going to be able to do that going forward. Um, I think he only played uh, – he played only 11 minutes and, you know, two points, four rebounds, not going to jump off of anyone's stat page. Um, but it was good to see him at least have some, you know, positive role. I think, you know – Obviously, him and Thomas Bryant were signed as the two centers. I think it was kind of envisioned that he would start. And he's obviously not way out of the rotation. But, you know, a long season, you kind of need a ton of players to step up. And I thought this was his his best shift um, as a Laker. And uh, he kind of slowed down. He was part of the reason that, along with Donovan Mitchell, just absolutely cooking that uh, that we slowed down Jared Allen a little bit. I think he only had like three points uh, in the second half. And we'll see if he can kind of contribute again tomorrow, back-to-back uh, in Toronto. Almost a schedule lost already. Uh, we'll see if that can kind of, st- kind of stay, if they can kind of keep up the competitive play. Toronto's a really tough place to play anyway, so um, that might be already a loss. And I wouldn't be surprised if LeBron sat that game. They let Anthony Davis kind of get a rest in that game as well. Um, and I think you know the final thing. Austin had his probably worst game. I think uh, he had a few and ones, but minus twenty. And I think they kind of cooked <laughs> Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland kind of cooked him uh, all night. Um, and you know, there's no real good answer for that, but um, I, I still think you know him coming off the bench is is rough. Uh, I like I still think like there's it's more ball handling kind of opportunities that, that I would like him to get. A lot of his opportunities tonight were off of, you know, offensive rebounds and, you know, the ball kind of kicked back to him. Um, and, you know, I, I think it says a lot. There was a out of time, I have this on my notes. There was an out of time timeout play where um, I think, you know, the, the Cavs went on a little bit of a run uh, and, you know, we needed like a offensive play to get going and our play out of the timeout and we were going to this was an Austin LeBron screen and roll or pick and pop kind of Um, that was our ball handler. And this was with Dennis on the floor. I think Russ was on the floor. Um, So obviously there's confidence in that. And, you know, LeBron was extremely frustrated this game. And I think a lot of that was on Austin. There was a play also where I think Austin was guarding Donovan Mitchell and he was cheating up and Mitchell spun back and got like an and one where Russ fouled him. And you could see LeBron just frustrated. Um, He was frustrated at him and a lot of the teammates tonight, which, you know, is, was expected uh, but yeah I, I think there's still opportunities for Austin to get a little bit more ball handling uh, and where it's not just you know off of closeouts uh, I'd like to see him get a little bit more off of uh, where it's more set set actions I still think our half court offense is so clunky and he has enough skill I think to kind of to keep that up so I, I it's not really a complaint it's just I, I know we have so many guards um, in the rotation but uh, I think he's still one of our better just straight skill ball handlers. You see him now hunting contact on those and ones uh and getting free throws to it. Still so think just like, you know, 3 for 9, it's it felt very still feels very like a passive a game. He was like averaging 15, 16 a night uh as a starter and that's obviously I don't think he's a 16, 17 point game point of game scorer yet in the league. I just think like there's more uh possessions um more possessions for him to kind of get and we we're not really seeing that. Uh, and I think you no, know, last thing tonight, uh, LeBron returns to Cleveland. He got another return video, which is funny, but you know, eight for seventeen, I think we're starting to see LeBron kind of get his athletic you know athletic mode back, and he's still not all the way there, two for six from three, eight for seventeen, seventeen big rebounds. I think every time he comes back to Cleveland, it's a raucous moment. It's a special moment for him. You could tell he takes these games um very serious, no matter what the what Cleveland's record is. And uh, I think we're starting to see him kind of get that bounce back. Uh, And I tweeted this before today, but like on fast breaks, you see him kind of get excited, like, and you could see his, like, he's got his like groove kind of back. And I think the season started and I don't know, he started kind of slow, especially offensively, but you could see him kind of get that feel back. Um, And hopefully this can kind of, this can kind of connect with AD peaking. And when AD comes back, hopefully he can kind of stay at that level. But um, I think the team is building, and, you know, this is a competitive loss, which doesn't sound great, but it's, you know, something that was few and far between last season, um, especially with AD out. I just think, like, it was – they had no business being in this game with the talent level that they had out there. But I think, you know, Ham has found stuff. This team is competing. It's still a loss. It's not, you know, great for a team that's 10 and 13, but team is finding stuff, and we'll see what they do in Toronto tomorrow. But I think it's clear that this is a way better basketball team than the one that started 2 and 10. It's a completely different basketball team. It has a completely different rotation. And all guys kind of know their role a little bit more. Um, That's all I had tonight. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This will be up on the Silver Spin Roll podcast feed. If you missed it, and I will be back with you after the Toronto game tomorrow.